I am friends with a young man named Ryan Sprague. He is, uh, among other things, an author, an actor, a playwright, and a journalist. He's worked for Open Minds uh, doing articles on UFOs. He's presently working on a book on UFO abduction. Now, anyone who's visiting this blog must be well aware of the fact that I am working on a book on owls and how owls seem to interact with the UFO abductee. Uh, it's been sort of the core of my research, and it's kind of hard to shut me up about it sometimes. And, and as I was talking with Ryan, um, I brought up something that I had brought up to him ages ago, that if I ever had an audio version of this, I think it would be fun to have him read the audiobook. He has a very calm, soothing voice, and I thought it would be a very nice fit for the tone of this book project, this owl book project. So I kind of said, here, I'm going to leave you alone in the room with a microphone, and why don't you read a chapter? So I picked the archetype chapter, and what he read is about 24 minutes long. It's about a 4,000-word chapter. Now, he does get a few little words wrong. It was funny, being, myself being very intimate with the text, and as I listened to it during the editing process, he got a couple small points, uh, just, just words mixed up a little bit. So, and and uh, I, that's not a big deal. I don't care. But, it was, but it's something I noticed. And you might catch a few little things that feel a little out of place, but you'll have to listen pretty hard to hear that. So right here, I will uh, formally thank Ryan. Uh, it was wonderful. I appreciate it greatly that you sat down and took the time to read this. And I'm uh, very happy to be able to post this excerpt online so someone can listen to a 24-minute segment of the book project. Now, I, I suspect this chapter will get uh, edited down and changed and revised a little bit before the final publication of the book, but I bet you it's pretty close. I don't feel I really need to say much more. Here's Ryan Sprague reading an excerpt from a book with the working title, The Messengers, the subtitle being Owls, Synchronicity, and the UFO Abductee. Owls as Archetype We've used archetypal forms from the dawn of man right through to today. There are books, ancient books ornamented with symbols, prehistoric cave walls are painted with symbols, Egyptian hieroglyphs are more than just a phonetic way to describe a spoken word. These are all symbols, and they all mean something. Certain things have meant the same thing in the human psyche for all of eternity. It creates a thought form which can be imbued with energy, and which can interact with your subconscious in the same way that a key can interact with a lock. Seeing an owl is seeing a symbol, and perhaps it can unlock something inside you. The archetype symbol carries information and meaning much beyond simply a bird with big eyes. Jeff Harvey, from an interview with Mel Fabregas on Veritas Radio 2013. Pretty much all research for this book involves asking one question. Have you ever had an odd owl experience? If you ask an abduction researcher that question, they'll say yes, and they'll go on to describe typical screen memory events with owls showing up throughout the reports. If you ask someone who's had the direct contact experience that same question, have you ever had an odd owl experience, you might end up hearing some really bizarre stories Weird stuff that goes way beyond the four-foot-tall owl in the road at night. It's certainly not every abductee 
that have a curious owl story. But it's enough that there is a very real pattern of what seems to be, as far as I can tell, real owls interacting with abductees. Dr. John Mack's 1994 book, Abduction, featured the extremely intense accounts of a man named Peter Faust. How's that for an archetypal name? I've talked on the phone with him only once, and we've shared a handful of emails over the years. Initially, I reached out to him during some of my darkest times as I tried to come to terms with my own experiences. He's been wonderfully supportive and insightful, and I deeply appreciate his help. As part of this book project, I sent Peter an email asking him the same question I've been asking everyone. Have you ever had any odd owl experiences? He replied, That is what got me in the door, so to say, to begin looking at this in my life. When I lived in Hawaii, there was a big old owl that would come to the sliding glass door off my bedroom at night. Of course, under regression, when I looked at the owl, it was a whole other creature. So yeah, me and owls and ETs have a connection. The owl described by Peter fits cleanly into the screen memory category, an image projected into his mind, presumably so he wouldn't be terrified of seeing a creepy gray alien. How this is done is a mystery. Why is an equally difficult question. Also of note is that it was an owl, or the image of an owl, that played the role of catalyst for Peter to begin looking at his bizarre life experiences. This very much matches the role of the owl in my Odyssey of Awakening. The question is, why owls? The presentation of an owl could be nothing more than a convenient disguise. It's a common enough animal, especially at night. When a UFO researcher will say is that owls have great big eyes, similar to big penetrating eyes of the aliens. They're choosing the owl as a sort of costume because of an owl matches the look of a gray alien. This has been repeated so many times that it's become a sort of dogma, a sort of truth. I question that. We don't truly know why they are choosing the owl. The similarity to the big-eyed alien might be the reason for the screen image of the owl, but it just feels too simple. I suspect that this contact experience has been ongoing throughout the entirety of human history, and the reverence for the owl in folklore and mythology can be traced back to experiences just like what Peter described. The shamans and sages throughout time might have confronted similar owls, staring at them from their own doorways. Perhaps the owl isn't chosen for its likeness to the gray alien, but because of its archetypal power. It's there so that the experiencer can drink in some evocative essence. Does the owl imbue a deeper meaning beyond just a bird with big eyes? The symbolic power of the owl might have been implanted with our psyche at the dawn of human existence. The idea of the owl as archetype jumped at me while listening to the UFO experience of Jacqueline Smith channeling the spirit of an owl. The concept of the archetype seemed like a message specifically meant for me. Dipping into the symbolic lore of the owl has provided some of the juiciest clues along my path. Jacqueline, speaking as an owl, said of the aliens, They are using the owl symbolically but the owl is still the owl frequency to the mirror, to us, in an archetypal sense. 
because humans think of owls in a certain way, right? There's an archetypal image that is mirrored to the humans. This goes in on the subconscious level and connects with the human's genetic memory bank. Because humans think with symbols, they are touching us on that level. And that goes back to the beginning of humankind and how we see owls. Archetype is an elusive concept. There are ideas and themes that have resonated within the core of humanity throughout time, and they continually bubble up to the surface. In ancient Greece, Plato introduced the term archetype to define a philosophical idea, referring to pure forms that embody the fundamental characteristics of a thing. These pure forms are invisible to the eye, but they exist in the realm of their idolized states. If our souls have existed eternally, we would then retain a memory to recognize them. Plato contends that all the feelings that accompany our existence are but recollections of what our souls already know. Carl Jung later built up Plato's ideas about the archetype. He saw the archetype as psychological, framing it as a collectively inherited unconscious idea or image. The archetype is universally present in both our individual and collective psyches. The collective unconscious is a unique component to Jung's idea about the mind. It serves as a form of psychological inheritance. It continues all the knowledge and experiences we share as a species. He proposed that archetypes exist within the collective unconscious. According to Jung, archetypes are unlearned, innate, universal, and hereditary. These function as a way to organize how we translate into visible reality the world within us and the world around us. The owl has been scratched into ancient cave walls and also sits on the shoulder of young Harry Potter. It is in an archetype that we hold within us, and it has the mythic power of the ages. Across all the world's traditions, owls are seen as messengers from another realm. Their ability to see into the darkness is a metaphor for their roles as this gatekeeper, or interloper. The message they deliver might be to confirm the reality of these other realms. Owls are wise and foreboding, and these same attributes could be said of the alien, too. Are these elusive visitors using the image of the owl because we can tap into this grand lineage of arcane meaning? I can't help but imagine the image of an owl standing before the ancient shaman at the entrance of his cave, just as it stood before Peter's big sliding glass door. Trying to unravel the source of the archetype is like trying to know the source of a dream. All one can say is that there is a source out there. To say any more would be folly. If the abduction experiences is something that has been with humanity for our inception, could it be that the mythic power of the owl grew out of the screen memories of the ancients? If people have always had this experience, then they've been sharing it around the fire with their fellow villagers across the ages. Looking at it this way, the owl archetype might very well have been generated by the aliens. Whitley Strieber's owl vision on the snowy windowsill could be just another ancient campfire story meant to embed itself into the psyches of anyone listening.
A question arises. Is the image of the owl something the aliens use as a sort of default setting for deceiving the abductee? Is there a reason the owl is used sometimes and deer is used at other times? Is there an archetypal reason one image might be chosen over another? Is it the abductee that's generating the owl as a screen memory, as if their own psyche needs one image more than another? Could it be that the human psyche reacts instantly to the presence of the alien, and a sort of defense mechanism takes over, plucking the owl image out of hidden corners of the human psyche? Is the owl image generated to protect the observer? This makes some sense, because one's sanity might be in jeopardy just by looking at an alien in their proximity. I have spoken to more than a few people who have seen an alien in what would be an ordinary waking consciousness, and what they describe is something so terribly distressing that it produces a sort of existential agony. If it's the abductee who creates the costume, is it being released from the ether in an archetypal pure form in the way Plato would have described it? No easy answer to any of these questions, but I suspect it's more a blurring of multiple points rather than one simplistic explanation. When an owl spirit stands at the door of the shaman's hut, is the shaman about to be abducted and taken aboard a flying craft? And when the abductee sees a giant owl standing outside his window, is he about to be initiated into some deeper form of psychic knowing? I am unable to answer either question, but I recognize the overlapping of these two mythic apparitions. Jim Sparks is an author and abductee with a seemingly endless inventory of experiences, all remembered consciously. He is a somewhat controversial figure in this field because he simply seems to have too many memories. When asked about the communication with symbols, Jim replied, they create holograms or images that literally hang in the air. For lack of a better explanation, I call it a hologram. Sometimes before an abduction, not always, I would get the courtesy of a symbol just before being pulled. I like calling it being pulled as opposed to abducted, to let me know what kind of abduction it would be. An example, a hologram of an owl would appear. When I would see something like that, that would tell me it's time for school. In its simplest form, the owl is a symbol for education. The image of a cartoon owl with a little graduation cap is commonplace in elementary school classrooms at the end of each year. This traces back to Athena, the goddess of wisdom, and her owl companion, the wise owl as an allegory for education. Sparks went on to say, if he saw a hologram of something else, perhaps a medical instrument, like forceps, he would know that this abduction would include medical procedures like semen extraction. If an abduction researcher is hearing repeated stories of four-foot-tall owls showing up in the presence of contact events, the assumption is that these are screen memories. If the same researcher hears repeated stories of seemingly normal owls, in size and behavior, in the presence of an abductee, they might conclude that it's merely a coincidence. 
On the other hand, if the village shaman was asked to help comfort a young tribal member who was seeing giant owls at the door of his teepee, he would look at these issues much differently than the modern abduction researcher. The owl might be something much more enigmatic than just a convenient disguise. The owl could be seen in its role as a mythic totem, a manifestation of something symbolic or emblematic. Like the archetype, looking at the owl as a totem forces the observer to look within for clues. The owl as a spirit guide is powerful medicine throughout all the world's sacred traditions. Beyond its physical presence, the owl represents an idea, wisdom, shape-shifting, and second sight. Owls are symbolic of seeing into the darkness, the unknown, or the unconscious. They are guides that stand at the gateway to hidden realms. They represent a life in transition, messengers of change, and a call to explore the unknown. All of this might ring true for both the UFO abductee or the shamanic initiate. Seeing an owl on a dark, lonely road or peering through a window at night might be unusual, but not impossible. The whole event could easily be dismissed by the abductee. Deer, raccoons, and cats are also commonly reported, and these all have big nocturnal eyes and each could be shrugged off as something normal. It gets more bizarre. Clowns and Jesus show up as screen memories too, and each have a spirit lore and an archetypal presence that might serve as a clue to the abductee on the journey into this unknown realm. This journey might be on board a flying saucer to an alternate reality or a deeper part within the initiate's own psyche. Seeing a deer as a feminine mythic power, as a totem, it implies gentleness, moving through life's obstacles with grace and gratitude. Deer is a symbol and balance and a return to the woodlands. The Roman goddess Diana and her Greek counterpart, Artemis, are both virgins and both are depicted with a fawn. Diana was the woodland goddess and also linked to the moon and birthing. She had the power to talk to and control animals. She is often portrayed with a moon crown, symbol of the night and the feminine monthly cycle. She didn't much like men. Instead, she lived in the forest with her water nymphs, all of whom, like Diana, had taken a vow of chastity. Anytime I come across someone named Diana in this research, I look for any hint that she's playing the role of a woodland goddess. That the comic book heroine Wonder Woman's human identity is Diana. In this book, there's a story of a wounded owl rescued by a woman named Diana. Raccoons wear a mask, and as a spirit guide they represent the disguise. The bandit is bold and confident. They are telling the observer to seek guidance, to be curious and to question without fear. Cats, like owls, are strongly symbolic of what hides in the darkness or the unknown. I've heard more than one person say that their cat can see into another dimension. Cats explore in the night. They are watchful, independent, and psychic. They are associated with mystery and occult magic. Clowns are the personification of the trickster. Jesus is about as heavily laden with symbolic power as anything in the Western world. 
I have read accounts of a naked man wearing a giant oversized cowboy hat showing up as a screen memory. Not quite sure how to interpret overtly masculine image, except maybe it is the flip side to the divine feminine of the deer. Each of these screen memories hold a symbolic power that might be meant specifically for the observer. Or, I might be reading way too much into this and trying to untangle a hodgepodge of clues that lead nowhere. In her memoir, Owl of Minerva, British author and philosopher Mary Midgley wrote, I have borrowed the owl for my title from Hegel, who was well known to have remarked that the owl of Minerva spreads its wings only with the falling of the dusk. This is a potent and mysterious symbol that might have various meanings, but the thought for which I want to use it as that of wisdom, and therefore philosophy, comes into its own when things become dark and difficult rather than clear and straightforward. That, it seems to me, is why it is so important. Midgley goes on to lament that too many thinkers only want to attend to what is clear, and they turn their backs on things that are dark and doubtful. She is eager to look beyond the brightly lit successes of science and instead explore the dark landscapes of meaning and thought. It seems to me that we have here the old story of the man who keeps looking for his car keys under the same lamppost. Someone asks him, is that where you drop them? No, he replies, but it's a much easier place to look. That analogy plays out in the realm of UFO research, too with a pragmatic investigator staying only under the brightly lit lamppost, while the core of the mystery is somewhere off in the darkness. Midgley looks to the owl as guide into the shadow realm. Owls, being associated with the night, are used in many cultures as symbols for two things. First, for death. And second, rather differently, for wisdom. Going into the dark brings danger. But if you have to go out, then surely it is wise to have with you a creature that can penetrate the darkness. The owl, by this interpretation, is a companion for any traveler stepping off the path and entering the dark parts of the forest. One should expect the owl to show up, either symbolically or literally, whenever a seeker digs into the deepest mysteries. If this plays out to its fullest, the screen memory of a four-foot-tall owl might mean the observer is being told that the journey is difficult rather than clear and straightforward. Animal symbols will show up at a certain times, almost like reality as a dream, and animals can be placed into the dream when needed. This short little statement rang true to me. It came in an email from a man named David. He was describing the role of the owl shortly after the death of his father-in-law. I sense that the scriptwriters of reality can easily pencil in symbolic imagery right into the storyline of our lives. If they need to punctuate something within the narrative, they'll just add whatever is required for the desired effect. What I also see in that statement is simply changing the word animal to either UFO or synchronicity, and the message would ring just as true. From some shamanic perspectives, if a person is experiencing hellishly terrifying abductions, then owls popping up should be no surprise. 
The ominous totem matches the menacing experience. This owl medicine could be seen part of a transformative experience, using the trauma to prod the abductee or initiate to become a wise elder, shaman, or teacher of sacred traditions. If something is fully engaged in grappling with something as elusive as UFO abductions, the owl should be all over in every way. The somewhat nebulous ideas of archetypes and totems might be intellectually stimulating, but a real owl is something very concrete. The experience of seeing an owl along with the UFO, or something equally mystical, gives a spiritual authority to a mere critter. Sometimes the arrival of a sacred animal has implications that can seem elusive, and other times it can be quite obvious. Something very unusual happened on Tuesday, October 29, 2013. Approximately three dozen orcas surrounded a commuter ferry as it crossed Puget Sound from Seattle to Bainbridge Island. This ferry was carrying sacred tribal artifacts, returning them to the ancestral home of Chief Seattle. These items had been dug up nearly 60 years ago from the Winter Village for the Sequamish tribe and home of Chief Self also known as Chief Seattle. Since that time, they had been on display in the Seattle Museum. Sakumish Tribal Chairman Leonard Forsman just happened to be on board the ferry that day. He was returning home to the island after an unrelated event. He spoke about watching the pod of killer whales. They were pretty happily splashing around, flipping their tails in the water, he said. We believe they were welcoming the artifacts home. Here we have an event that made the national news involving a sacred animal, and none of the headlines shied away from the outright mystical implications. Even the usually dry prose of the Associated Press hinted that this was something magical. The orcas, like the owls, are animals considered devoid of consciousness by the watchdogs of our consensus reality. But nonetheless, they are showing up as totems at an important moment. They are presenting themselves as a beautiful example of this attuned symbolic power. This wasn't a dream vision of Orcas. They were physically there, playing the very real role of escort for something sacred on its journey home. The overall UFO mystery has a sweeping strangeness that seems to overlap with so many other arcane subjects that it feels impossible to leave anything out of this big bucket of weirdness. The enigma is complicated and bottomless, forcing me to look at anything with even a hint of relevance. Dipping into the symbolic and the archetypal lore has provided some of the juiciest clues along my path. Every tongue, grandpa, grandma, and the young. 
What's the fuss is all about? They're just trying to find out. Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? Someone please lend me a hand. Solve this mystery if you can. If he's mice or if he's man. Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? One dark night about half past three, I saw an owl up in a tree. He looked down and he yelled at me. Who's your hootie? G-Man Hoover's getting moody. Got his men on double duty, trying to find out who's your hoodie. Who's your hoodie? Who's your hoodie? The little man who wasn't there said he heard him on the air. No one seemed to know from where, but who's your hoodie? Someone please lend us a hand Solve this mystery if you can If he's mice or if he's man Who's your hoodie? Who's your hoodie? Who's your hoodie? One dark night about half past three Saw an owl up in a tree And he looked down and yelled at me Who's your hoodie? G-Man Hoover's getting moody Got his men on double duty Trying to find out who's your hoodie Who's your hoodie? Who's your hoodie? The little man who wasn't there Said he heard him on the air No one seems to know from where Who's your hoodie? That was a song from sometime in the 1930s by Cab Calloway. Uh, the title being Who's Yehudi? There's a few little owl references in there. I thought I could just tag it on to the end here. It's a cute song. And once again, thank you so much, Ryan Sprague. Bye now.